Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Excited that the Lord has preserved you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, let's get into the Word. We're going to also have a time of praise towards the end of the service. So let's uh, allow the children get into their service and um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right, let's let's uh, let's have a word of prayer. Uh, I want to share something this morning. I believe will be instrumental in in the years ahead and very also important to us as believers. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your Word. In Jesus' mighty name. I, I want to talk on Thanksgiving, the difference maker. Thanksgiving, the difference maker. And uh, I was glad we had our Thanksgiving service last Sunday. So uh, this, is, this is to create a bit of understanding where the subject of Thanksgiving is concerned. The word thanks or thankfulness, the concepts was so important to Apostle Paul that if you read the New Testament, it appeared 169 times. If you use the King James Version or the New King James Version, you will see that word appear 169 times. If you use the New American Standard Bible, it appears 162 times all over the New Testament. The attitude, the concept, of thanksgiving, of being thankful. And what does that word mean? Uh, uh, now, when, when you see uh, the writings of Apostle Paul, every time he wants to pray for the saints, he says, I thank my, my God in remembrance of you. So he always puts thanksgiving first before he prays for the saints. He used it 40 times in his writing. In fact, in the book of Colossians alone, he uses it five times. That's how important the attitude of being thankful was to Apostle Paul. Now, the word thanksgiving is usually, or thankfulness is usually from two Greek words. One is the word charis, which means grace. Alright? Actually, in the Greek, it's charismaia. But the short form is charis. It means grace. And then the word homologio, or to confess, or to acknowledge. So, thanksgiving, basically, it's the acknowledgement of the grace of God. Thanksgiving is the acknowledgement of the sovereign grace of God. So when someone, pay attention to this, is conscious of the grace of God in their lives, they are always thankful. If you are conscious of it, right? You, you are just conscious of the grace of God. It will come forth in words. If you are thankful for the grace of God. 
And, and, and many times, there are things in, in Christianity that are fundamental to our faith. But over time, we don't pay attention to these things. We don't study them enough. So, it's, it's almost like, if I want to. No. If a man is conscious of the grace of God, he will be thankful. Now, if we, if we know that that's the root of thanksgiving, that means that the first point of thanksgiving is your salvation. Praise God. You know, if I say, how many of us have a reason to thank the Lord today? You know, people are going to come with all kinds of reasons. I thank the Lord, you know, I traveled, I returned safely. You know, I thank the Lord, I was planning to buy three shirts, things were hard, but despite the COVID, I bought two and a half. The half one is still with the tailor. You know, people are going to mention all of those things. Maybe, maybe, maybe somebody will just remember that thank God that I'm born again. You say yes, and, you know, you say and, that means, say something, and what? You say I'm born again, I have a car, you say, hey, you you know, so we're not... We're, we're, and that's why many times it's difficult for people to thank God because they always would look at something else apart from the starting point of grace. Do you know that just being saved and walking in the word of God and the will of God has saved you from a lot of things? Just, just being saved. Just being saved. Just that you are born again. Praise God. You know the, the stupid decisions we all would have made if we're not born again? Do you know some of the careless decisions we would have just made that you're not born again, that the fear of God is not in your life? Do you know where your life would have been headed if you were not saved? So what's the first point of thanking the Lord? Salvation, that I'm born again, I'm a child of God. Praise God. Now, thankfulness is a mental or verbal expression of one's acknowledgement and appreciation of God's person, number one, His grace, His blessings, and His sovereign work in one's life. We appreciate the person of God, the grace of God, the blessings of God, and the sovereign work of God in our life. Interestingly, 2 Timothy chapter 2, when we talk about end times, end times, when you hear that word end time, what comes to your mind? Somebody talk to me in this church. What comes to your mind? Antichrist. If your answer is Antichrist, you got it. Eh? When you're in time, what comes to your mind? Rapture. Okay. That's half mark. <laughs> you know, I miss marking school children's stuff. You know, all those half mark good. And then you just put something that you didn't get it completely. Look at look at Second Timothy chapter three. Let's look at some last day signs that are not popular. Hmm? Are you there? Come on, are you there? Second Timothy chapter three, verse two. Who is there? Verse one. But realize this: in the last days, difficult times will come. Perilous times, the Bible says. Difficult days will come. Pay attention. To verse 2. Look at the sign of the last day. Forget about the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not your problem. Look at this one. For men will be what? Lovers of what? Self. 
Do we find that today? Come on. Do we find that today? Number two. Sign of the last day. What's going to be the, the lovers of what? Money. Do we find that today? A lot. Many young people are doing Yahoo. People have called us if we can pray for them. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And you hear phrases. No finance, no romance. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? The next one. Men are going to be what? Boastful. Are men boastful today? Do you know who I am? Next one. Men are going to be what? You know when we say men are going to, this includes women, right? Yeah, just, just to clarify. You know, I'm talking to both of us, right? Okay. Men and women are going to be arrogant. Revilers. Disobedient to parents. Do we find that there? What's the next one? What's the next one? I didn't hear that? Men are going to be what? Ungrateful. That's one of the signs of the last days. Men are going to be ungrateful. Hey. Men are going to be ungrateful. Ingratitude is going to be big. And I don't know any generation that is as ungrateful as ours. You help somebody all your life. And one day the person asks you for something and you don't have. How many of you know you have become a bad person? But how many of you know we also do that to God? Yeah. Yeah. I know you don't know, but you know now. Right? Oh God, oh God, oh God. But I was just believing you for this. And you say you are God. Ungrateful. If you are not deliberate, you will be ungrateful. It's a sign. Just as you see people who love money, people who are disobedient to parents, people who are unholy, you're like, oh, all those are sinners in your heart. Check if you have been grateful to God. That's one of the signs that men will become ungrateful. So, gratitude, listen to this carefully, does not come naturally. You have to learn it. You have to practice it. You have to be deliberate about what? About it. Let me tell you something. As we are here now, as we are here now, if we decide we are going to give everybody money, we are going to give everybody money. How many of you know that's a good decision? This is an example. Alright? And we give everybody 10,000, 10,000, 10,000. How many of you know some people would say, is that only what they can give? That's what they, and look at the wrong. Uh, do you understand that? Now, number one, you didn't plan that coming to church this morning, you were going to have that 10000 And number two, you didn't even give us money somewhere. We are not running a cooperative society that your money is due. It's out of our volition. How many of you help people, and when they report that help to others, they report it like you didn't do enough? Hmm? You know, some people who are not even working in your company know how much you earn. They are so good with research. They have researched. Eh? And then they know how much you earn. 
And so whatever you have them with, then they tell you, oh, is that all you can do? Praise God. Is that all you can do? Praise God. <laughs> Are you glad that your phone can sing in church? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Praise God. Alright, but then people are going to say, is that all you can do? What's that? It's an attitude of being ungrateful. The ungrateful man sees what else can be done, not what has been done. Pay attention to that. The ungrateful man, see, what else can you do, not what has been done? Now, everything I mentioned about ingratitude, don't just look at people, look at yourself to God. That's the essence of this message. What does the ungrateful man focus on? What God has not done. Not what God has done. Ingratitude focuses on what I don't have, not what I have, not what God has done. What are the other things that God did not accomplish this year? That's the focus of the ungrateful, not the things God did this year. So let's say, for instance, God did 14 things for you this year, 14 things, that's not enough. The 15th one that he did not do is the problem. Hmm? The, the ungrateful has a short memory doesn't always remember so you have to learn to be grateful you see you have to learn to be thankful you have to practice it you have to practice it <laughs> you know as a, as a pastor I can come and say ah this church is not growing there are not many people here Instead of being thankful for the people that are seated, I will be ungrateful for those that have not come. And forgetting that at the point, our Sunday service was 11. See, that's forgetfulness. You're quick to forget. You know, there were days you, you were sick and, oh God, heal me. And the Lord healed you. And you are glad. That's why I usually tell people, you know, on campus, when we're praying, and people pray, oh God, if you bless me, I'll focus on your kingdom. If you do this, and I say many years later, can you remember those prayers? You know, the Lord has blessed you now. We say, no, we want the blessing to be loud. Let, let, let it be loud. <laughs> you know, someone was praying that somewhere I went to. He said, Lord, bless us. Let the blessing be loud. So I was like, how? what's a loud blessing, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> yeah? It's not enough. The blessing is not enough. You want a loud one. And when that loud blessing comes, you are so deaf, you can't hear God anymore. What about if you're grateful for where you are today? Look at this. Let me show you something. Luke 17. I'm sure you've read this story a lot of times. Luke 17, verse 11. <laughs> Luke 17, 11. You know, many times, I know there, there's some, some things wrong with our nation, okay? But many times when I travel to other African nations, and you, sometimes you'll, be, you'll just be blessed. Huh? You'll just be like, ah, well, we're not that bad. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I remember going to Liberia. 
went some places to preach in Liberia. And I'm like, wow, take me home. Things are not as bad as the devil is making it look like. God is a good God. I said, God is a good God. Come on, I said, God is a good God. Look at this. Luke 17, 11. While he was on his way to Samaria, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, look at this, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him and raised their voices. Look at that. They raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Observe that. They raised their voices. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. As they were going, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, ten of them, raised their voices. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed. This is what I like about this verse. Turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. The same voice with which he made the request was the same voice with which he came back to glorify God. All ten of them were healed. I, 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 I believe that while this man was turning back to glorify God, the nine saw that he was turning back. Hmm? Say, where are you going? Say, I'm going to tag him. Say, let's go. What has he done? He's just leprosy. I'm telling you, nine out of ten people will walk in ingratitude. The same way people come to beg you with tenacity is not the same way they respond. Has somebody been on your neck? Anything, just help me. Anything. And then you send the money. Then you now call them. Say, have you seen the money? Say, I saw it. I saw it. I just said, I was just let me settle down. And then I will thank you. But when you were asking for the money, you didn't settle down. You were greeting. I celebrate you. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Christmas. <laughs> now they sent you the money. You don't return with a loud voice. It means that Thanksgiving has to come with the same tenacity with which you were petitioning God. Have you seen where people are praying for stuff? Oh God, bless me. Dad, dad. And they are crying. And they are praying. And God answers them. And they are so quiet. Like God has done nothing. The voice has reduced. The next loud voice you will hear is the next request. Oh God, if you did it last year, you can repeat it again. And God, my girl from there. <laughs> the next loud voice is the next request. No, he returned with a loud voice to glorify God. And you know, sometimes we feel Jesus doesn't pay attention to some things, but Jesus does. Verse 16. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. You know what? The Bible says, and he was a Samaritan. This is the difference maker. You know why? The Bible emphasizes he was a Samaritan. The Samaritan and the Jews, they were actually not in good terms. Remember the Samaritan woman. This person did not feel qualified. He saw that the act of healing was the grace of God. The other nine felt it was an entitlement. He's a Jew like us. If God gave him power, what is the power for? It's not to heal us. Yes. <laughs> this Samaritan didn't say, and you know, that's how people are. People just feel entitled. He's my uncle. He has money. He should help me. You know, some of us just feel entitled that God should keep us alive. Come on now. Yeah. Hmm? We just think that living is almost a right. Yeah. 
And that's how we just plan next year, we plan 10 years, we plan 50 years. We, we're not just even conscious of the one who keeps us alive for those plans. We just say, don't worry, next year I know what I'll do. And you know, sometimes God just looks at us and says, wow, awesome. Do we feel entitled to the blessings of God? Do you feel it's your right to be blessed? It's your right to walk in health. It's your right to just have the good things of life. It's just your right. If you always feel it's your right or your hard work, you will never glorify God. You will never be grateful. You know, every time I stand to teach God's word, I always consider it a privilege that I'm called to teach the word of God. Never think, take it as your right. They failed it. They didn't return. Many times we, we ask God for things and God gets it done. We don't return to thank Him for those things. We don't return to praise Him for those things. And even if we return, it's not with the same intensity. Oh, Father, I just thank you for this year. Lord, we are looking forward to next year. We know that you will never fail us and that's it. The same intensity with which we prepare for things. We don't prepare for thanksgiving that way. Hmm? You know, I, I've always had something. This is personal. This is not Bible. This is not as a pastor. This is human being, Maxwell. One thing that puts me off a lot with our culture when it comes to funerals is the intensity with which we bury people. Hmm? Someone was alive. We didn't have that intensity. Eh? The person is dead. Say no. Must pay last respect. The energy. The mobilization. Eh? The donation. Even your friends who you think don't have money. Say I will, I will be behind you. Burial. 1.6 million gone. If that person had seen 1.6 million in their life. That they say let this money just pass through your account. And he saw it. He might still be alive. That's the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Intensity. Because that's human nature. That's where to show. That's where to, you know, that's just it. Ah, I want to tell my mother I am grateful. I want to tell my father I am grateful. Maybe the last six months, that man did not get a call from you. Your gratitude is now a cow. Praise God. You see, many times we're not grateful for things until we lose them. And when we have lost them, that's when we want to show that ah, we are really grateful. Hmm? You know if you're in the hospital bed, you will so, you will so cherish health. If you are sick, you so cherish health. You cherish the ability to breathe. You know, some of you breathe freely. Huh? Sometimes you even play with holding your breath. Say, let me see how long you can hold your breath. You hold it. You know, you just play with it. Until you get to the hospital and they give you an oxygen tank. Then you will realize that just breathing freely, breathing freely. Your husband is snoring too much, he's snoring too much. You even say, snore, let's put speaker. 
give you chest mic, pastor's chest mic. Snore loud. You know that the snoring is a blessing from the Lord. The ability to just snore. Loud and clear. Unhindered by any satanic force. Until you realize the man cannot breathe. And then they tell you oxygen. I don't know how much they sell. Maybe whatever, whatever amount. I don't know how they even price it. Whether per tank or per minute. I don't even know. Don't even want to know. Huh? Until you start paying for oxygen. I realize. Or you want to use yourself. You just go anywhere. Just use yourself. Until you say, oh no, you can't use yourself like that. You now connect a tube. Now connect pipe. Now connect buckets. Say, you keep ease yourself to the bucket. Your wife will now carry the bucket out. You just realize that some of the things which we, we are, we almost take like our rights. It's the grace of God. It's the goodness of God. It's the mercy of God. Are you still here? And you don't need messages like this to make you to be grateful. Let it become a lifestyle. It's not like you hear a message like this. Oh, Father, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. And then by January, you're forgotten again. Till December. That's not the attitude. The attitude is that you have a lifestyle that's grateful to God. Look at this. Verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, Where there not ten cleans, but the nine? Where are they? So Jesus noticed. Jesus noticed those who were grateful. See, God notices. He just like, say, where are the nine? Verse 18. Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Can you imagine that? Verse 19. And he said, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Do you realize King Jesus says your faith has made you whole? Those people got health and cleansing. This man got wholeness. What's the difference? This would affect every area of his life. Whether his finance, whether his marriage, everything around him will be made whole. You see, no word of God spoken is empty. This word this man heard, the other nine did not hear it. So they might be cleansed of leprosy. Some of their areas of their life might have some issues. But this man will be whole. And what was the difference maker in his life? Just coming back to say thank you. How many of you know thank you is not a big thing? But just coming back. Hmm? Even in the natural, anybody who says thank you every time you help them, you always feel like helping them again. It's just natural. It's natural principle. And you know, people who are thankful, you don't need to do big things for them. People who are ungrateful, do all the big things. Is what you miss that they'll point out. So I know you are trying, but God has blessed you for us. And I know that <laughs> you don't want this someone send me something like that. I say, we know God has blessed you for us. I said, I'm also trusting that God will bless you for me. You can't be the only one God is blessing for you. What's I mean? I mean, what's the issue? Why can't God bless you? Do you have a problem with him? Are you quarreling with God? Why, why are you making it look like... Uh, I'm not the savior of the whole world. Huh? Returning to give glory to God. But pay attention to this in a loud voice. Hmm? Don't give glory to God silently like you're ashamed of it. The same passion with which you petition God 
Let me ask you this, right? Something I practice. How many of you pray before you travel? Don't worry, it's not a trick question, just a straight question. How many of you pray before you travel? Take time to pray before you travel. Okay, so a few people. The rest of you don't pray, just travel. <laughs> okay. Great is thy faith. Those of you who pray before you travel, how many of you pray when you return? I always make it, before I travel for any trip, I pray with my family. When I return, that's the first thing I do, to give glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you pray, Father, keep me as I'm going. Ah, as you lie, they open the box. Oh, Father, I will take you. Let's chocolate. I'm then gone. Go back and give him glory. These are simple things. It's not about an annual event. It's what? A lifestyle of gratitude. Remember this. Anything you pray to God for, when the answers come, remember to go back to Him and thank Him for it. Just, just learn it. It will make a whole difference in your life. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at this. Um, John chapter 6, verse 6 to 12. John chapter 6, and verse 6 to 12. You remember the story where he fed the 4,000 and all that. Let's look verse 6 to 12 because of our time. It says... Uh, where would I say that? Okay, verse 5. Verse 5 makes it better. Therefore Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This is, he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Verse 7. Philip answered him, saying, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five belly loaves and two fish. But what are these for so many people? You see, that's the attitude of some people to life. Whatever they have, they look at it. What is this to all my need? What is this salary to all the need I have? What is this? Among these many needs, that's how people look at situations. You're trusting God for one million. You get 10,000. What's 10,000 amongst one million? But look at the attitude of Jesus. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise, also of the fish, as much as they wanted. Verse 12. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. Look at the attitude of Jesus. Right? And look at the attitude of the disciples. Disciples took the fish. Huh? What was their confession? What was their response? What is this among men? Jesus took that same fish and lifted up and gave thanks. When he gave thanks, what happened? The grace of God was administered and there was multiplication. Where was the miracle in thanksgiving? That's the miracle. Do you realize Jesus never complained? He gave thanks. What you have now might not be all you're looking for. But what about just changing 
and beginning to thank God. Let me tell you this. I always say this. There's nothing in this life that will satisfy you. You know, anything you're trusting God for right now, anything, right? The, the moment you receive it, the value of that thing depreciates in your life. Whatever it is. Whether it's a husband, it's a child, is a... Do you understand? Mm-hmm. You know, when you get married at first, you know, your wife will even step on your toes. I, I said, no, no problem. Match it. Ah, why, why am I here? Why am I here not for matching of toes? Mama, feel free to match it. You can even put your status. Wife matched my toes. Nice feeling. Hmm? Two years later, if they match your toes, say, wait, wait. Let's, I don't, I, there are certain things I don't... Let, as big as this house. Do you understand? It's just normal. So you have to constantly do what? Appreciate your wife. Appreciate your husband. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it applies to every area of life. First time, show up in church. Bam! Man, this man can teach. Wow, wow. Look at notes. Ah, I'm blessed. This is my home for life. One year after, we have service. I'll follow live streaming. Did you bring notes? I will listen to the message. Are they not sending on WhatsApp again? Yeah, it's just gone. Just gone. Hmm? You know, the big thing now is Christmas. Celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, sometimes we say we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but actually it's our own birth we're celebrating. <laughs> Nothing about Jesus in the celebration. Buy new shoes, buy new hair, buy new goats, buy new car, buy new finishes. Jesus was born today. What is it? Bam. Everything in the whole festival is you. You even reduce your offering that month because you want to celebrate it big. The truth of the matter is, forget it. It's yourself you are celebrating. If you really want to celebrate Jesus, go out and win souls on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? (laughs) And then January 1st, ah, Father, thank you for this new year. January 2nd, you now go on your own. 29th, you appear again. Next year will not be the same. And God says, where are you coming from? <laughs> but Jesus lifted up what he had and he gave thanks. Whatever you have right now can become a point of thanksgiving. And that will release the grace of multiplication upon it. Are you following this? Don't complain about that job. Do you know what the unemployment rate in Nigeria is? How many percent? 33 or 40 percent or so, something like that. But you have a job. You know, most people are not grateful for their jobs until they lose them. You know, as pastors, we work with people a lot. So the people we minister to and everything, and then, you know, discover this person was working and always complain about the job. I'm tired of that job. And then they, they help the person since you are tired. They help the person say, okay, just go home and rest. And then one month later, say, ah, Pastor, just pray. Anything. Instead of me to just sit at home doing nothing. Anything. But you, last, last month, you said you were tired. Nothing will satisfy you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nothing. Even if they give you the best car in the world, nothing will satisfy you. 
You know, sometimes I wonder, especially in African nations, why we have rulers who don't want to leave. Somebody was a president four years, and then he comes back eight years, and then he wants to do something, something like some of your brothers were trying to do, to have another term. If you, if you are the president of a nation, you had all the powers, you had all the system, you had all the authority, and you could not effect change for eight years. To be honest, what else do you want to do? Eight years. You couldn't change anything, not one thing. You say you need more time. But you understand that they are not grateful. You see, when a man is not grateful, he would hold on to things he shouldn't hold on to. And some of them would stay, like in other African nations, they would stay as presidents for years and they would now be led out by coup. Huh? Put them at the back of, of a truck. Like one of the presidents of one of these countries was beaten. I had only singlets and blood, some blood stain on him, on national television. After you have ruled for many years, that's how you left. It's just been ungrateful. You feel it's your right. That's why when certain things you put in certain positions, your art of gratitude is after your time is over, thank you, and walk away. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 104, we are commanded to give thanks. Psalm 104, verse... Oh, sorry. Psalm 100, verse 4. So, Psalm 100, verses 4. That's what I wanted to say. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. That means don't come without it. Come with thanksgiving. And his courts with what? Praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Come with thanksgiving. Don't come to the house of God like God is your problem. Don't come like you are offended at Him. Thanks to your God. Praise to your God. You know, some of us look very dignified in the house of God. I'll talk about that. How to thank God. Very, very dignified. No matter what we're seeing, we're just calm. And you think those people are quiet. They are not quiet. Go and see them in their friend's birthday party. You know, you think some people can't dance here until they go somewhere. Go for a funeral. Or go for a birthday party. Or they go where they know that other Christians are not seeing them. He didn't say enter his courts with silence. His gates with silence and his courts with your mouth shut. He's coming with praise. There's an attitude to approach the king. The attitude of praise. We're commanded to give thanks. In the epistles, we are asked to give thanks. First Thessalonians 5:18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything, give thanks. It did not say for everything. You give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's the will of God? 
What's the will of God? Come on, everybody say thanksgiving. I can hear you say thanksgiving. Is God's will. We are not thanking God for everything, but we are thanking God what? In everything. So something happens to you you don't like, give thanks to God. Not for causing it, but for giving you the grace to go through it. You lost someone, thank Him for giving you the grace and comforting you. You missed an appointment, you missed something, thank Him for giving... You know, there are people who missed contracts and went to commit suicide. But you missed that and you are still alive. Give God praise. Thank Him. He says, it's God's will. It's the will of God to thank God. It's the will of God to thank God. Psalm 103 verse 1 to 2 says we should not forget His benefits. Psalm 103. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures so you can uh, see how important this is to the heart of God. Psalm 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Why did he say, O my soul? Because your soul realm is where a lot of thought and a lot of discouragement comes in. You know, all it takes for you not to thank God is just to remember something. Huh? Just to remember something. <laughs> oh God. Just to remember something. And... Uh, you know, I had a funny experience in school one day. Very funny experience. Um, there wasn't much food then, so... I don't know whether there was food or something, but I think there wasn't much food. So, we're drinking Gary and fish. This is dry fish. My classmates, they were in my room. And one, one, ah, one of the guys came in and said, Ah, you know, started complaining about life and everything. Ah, we all just felt bad. Our parents did not have money. You know, we're just... You know how complain... You know, when somebody starts complaining, everybody just picks on it and, you know, that whole thing just spread. We felt very bad. You know, so, uh, I mean, but that stuck to my mind. So, I think about the next semester, we were still together then. Then, I think we saw a magazine or something. I don't remember exactly what happened. But then they talked about this rich man. You know, he was drinking Gary and fish. And then my friend said, that is life. That is life. See, this man is loaded. Say that fish. And, but I now said, but you remember last semester when all of us were eating the same thing? You said, oh, yeah. He said, the fish is not the same. That when you drink Gary with money, there is difference. <laughs> you know, he said, I can't forget. He said, that fish is not the same. He said, when you drink Gary with money, it's different. You know, we foolishly believed him. But I'm just thinking back right now. I'm thinking back right now. He said, the attitude of gratitude would make you appreciate every little step that you're in. Where you are is not as bad as the enemy wants to make it look like. What you have is not as bad as the enemy wants to make you look like. What you just discover is that a lot of those things are in your mind. Praise God. That's why he says, my soul, your emotions. All it takes for us to be sad is just to think in one direction. We will be sad. I bet you, every one of us here, there's something that has not happened that if we keep feeding our mind on, we'll be sad. But if we feed on the faithfulness of God, what's going to happen? Joy is going to come forth. That it says, And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all, none of His benefits. Let's list the four benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities? Heals all your diseases. 
redeems your life from the pits. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. Do you realize all of these things listed, money cannot buy any of them? Hmm? Do you know the consequences of sin? And you sin, God forgives you. The, 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 do you know because of sin, the enemy can get a hold in your life and destroy everything you have? Forgives all your, not just sin, iniquity. <laughs> really bad ones. Heals all your diseases. You know, there's no disease that is small. Any sickness can take you out of this world. Any sickness can take you out of this world. Renews your youth like that of an eagle. Crowns the year with goodness. If we look at our lives, there will be something good God has done. Praise God. Are you still here? Look at your life. Some of you look at your wardrobe. Hmm? Why you were late this morning is you didn't know what to wear. That's why you were late. So like, hmm? Oh, like it. Top was green. You know, it's now I now know that colors have... You know, before, just do rainbow, secondary and primary colors. Green, red, indigo, blue. Now you have tortoise blue. Say lizard blue. Eh? Blue touch. Silver, green. You know, sometimes you look at those wedding cards and you say, we are doing purple turquoise. I'm like, okay. Is this the name of a shirt or food? <laughs> There's nothing like that. I'm just saying because I don't know what that is about. But sometimes that can become the issue. Hmm? Instead of you to be grateful, you're looking for the next one that you don't have. Look at this. How do we give thanks? How do we give thanks? Three ways we give thanks. Number one, by words. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Chapter 13 and verse 15. Hebrews 13, 15. How do we give thanks? Through him then, let us, how many times? Continually offer up what? A sacrifice of praise to God. That is what? The fruit of the lips that give thanks to his name. The number one way to give thanks to God is through your mouth. Open your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus. Say it. You will not die. Hmm? Offer the fruit of your lips to God. Learn to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my life. You know, I, 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 you know I'm, I'm so grateful to God. Sometimes you look at young people, you look at some people, they have no direction, they have no vision. But you understand purpose. You understand you have a direction for your life. You're not where you need to be yet, but there is a plan. You have children that are obedient. Huh? You know some parents are busy chasing their children from one police station to another. Say, wait, then I say, now the finima and then they enter bike. Straight to finima. They say, ah, they have transferred him to Bonnie, then they enter bike, and then they say, ah, he's in Portacot now. And they go to the cell, say, ah, madam, is it your son? They say, which of them? Because they always come regularly. 
He says the senior one. He said, no, that one's case is serious. It's not important. The police people know you. And yet you have a child that is obedient. Your problem is that the child is not first. Hmm? And the one whose child is last is even not bothered. You tell you that it's not that Dangote went to school. Your own is second. You say no, it's not first. <laughs> you know, some things you take for granted, you'll be amazed at how even for some people that's not a big issue. Hmm? You had parents that helped you, saw you through school. You are not grateful. There were those that the father would just say, I paid your school fees. This is school bag. That is school. What they are trying to say is that if you like, go. If you like, you would have the one that would chase you to school. You say it's too harsh. Do you really have a reason to complain in this life? If you look at your life, do you actually think you have one reason to complain? You have a job. You are alive. You have clothes. You have eating. Some of you will go back home to your house. You have a key in your pocket now that is your house. You know there are some people that don't have the key to where they are staying. They will have to text them. Say when you go, say raise the red roof up. They stretch your because the, 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 the way they are staying in that house means that they can't have the key. Somebody always have to open and close for them. Like Jesus Christ. Hmm? It's when you start squatting at old age, you will know that having your own room is a blessing. Eh? When you stay and all your life's property is in one corner. Your CV, your, your document, your, this, your, this, your inheritance is in one corner of the house. So they just know that that's your corner. They say, that's where uncle things are moved this way. Then you will realize that having your own one room, whether it's better, is a, to have a key in your pocket and say, this is my house key, is a blessing. Hmm? Well, have, you not, have you not squatted before? Where you come back home, say the person is not around and his number is switched off. You are now outside. Say, enter inside. And I say, no, they take breeze. You can't go in. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't go in. Eh? And the person comes by nine and in, he's sad, I mean, and anyway, the guy is tired. <laughs> allow you inside there's nothing whether you have eaten or not you have to take permission before you take soup say this soup is it for all of us or if I say no it's not that one it's not the family say check the other soup that one is almost bad do you have a reason to be sad if you are not ungrateful do you have a reason to even feel depressed if you are not ungrateful do you have a reason to say why is my life like this if you are not ungrateful. That's why one of the songs we will sing when we is count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Hmm? You know, every time I tell my kids, thank God. Sometimes I look at it and I say, thank God. You will wake up and say, the AC is too cold. Thank, thank God that you have something to describe that is too cold. The first time, the first time a black and white television was bought and given to us, my dad was a pastor there, I literally cried. To, to realize that we now have a TV we can call our own. 
I literally cried. I can't forget. The guy who bought that TV is, is, is late now. His name is Kingsley. Black and white TV. Because the way we used to watch television was to hang by people's window and you know you only have a few minutes. Because somebody else has to use that same hole you are using. You, you understand that? If you have no idea what this is, just forget. But if you have an idea, then you understand what I'm saying. Are you understand? So you look and then you come back and then you tell the next person what you saw and that's how both of you will watch the film. Until, I mean, you come back, your neck is paining you and you have no clue what the film is. And that's how people begin to learn how to lie because you only had a portion of the film and you have to complete it in school the next day. So you have to find out what happened to the actor. Find so five of us can watch one film and it doesn't end the same way. Not because we didn't want it to have the same ending but we're only privileged to watch a part. And then, but... Because sometimes what makes people ungrateful is abundance. And forgetting where they come from. So how do we thank God? Words. Words. Tell him thank you. It doesn't need to be a ceremony. Just saying, Father, I thank you. I'm grateful. I'm glad. I rejoice that you are my king and my God. It's a liberty to serve God. I had a granddad who worshipped idols almost all his life. Very dedicated. My grandfather was a dedicated idol worshipper. The man gave his life for idols. There were things he never ate in his life. There were places he never went. That's dedication. Absolute dedication. And I saw the bondage he had in his life. But thank God we know Jesus. It's a good thing. Praise the name of the Lord. The second way we thank the Lord is by dancing and singing. Psalm 149. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, how many of you are grateful for God? Grateful for the gift of God. Hallelujah. Our lives will make a whole new difference if we are grateful people. We will smile more. We will rejoice more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 149 verse 3. says, let them praise his name with dancing. So one of the ways we thank God is to dance. Is to dance. It's, a, it's an outward show of our gratitude. In 2 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 14 to 22, David danced. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came and said, you're dancing like one of those foolish virgins, women. Huh? I say he danced until his clothes were coming off. You know, we sing that song, but we don't dance that way. Hmm? I will dance like David dance. And somebody will be like this. I will dance like David. That's your own David. That's not Bible's David. Bible's David, he danced. Until, you know, if you think if David was dancing like that, his wife would have had a problem with him? Oh, come on, do you think so? No, whatever. That means that was not how David was dancing. David really danced. He danced, all his clothes almost came out. Do you know today, if people are dancing like that, we are almost watching them like, what's wrong? We almost like, why is the person dancing like that? Or... When somebody is dancing like that and praising God, our next response is to bring out our phone. And be capturing the moment when you should be dancing that way too. 
Why are you capturing someone else's moment in church? What about your own moment? Are you a photographer? You know, and that's one of the reasons we don't allow people to, to, to use their phones in, in our church to, to, to capture stuff like that. Because it's, it's, sometimes it's distracting. You, you should be praising God. We have a photographer. We will show you the pictures later. You do your own dancing. Hmm? You're not in church to take other people's moments. You're not in church to capture the moment. You're in church to worship God. And by the way, we didn't come to worship you. Don't sit like you are the ancient of days. Huh? Don't dance like you are the one we are worshipping. You say, I don't like that song they are singing. Who cares? This is not where they sing your favorite playlist. That's why you have CD at home. You can arrange your songs the way you want it to be. When you come to church, whatever they are singing here, you dance. Say, that's, I don't feel that song. You don't feel what? You're, you're, you're so full of yourself. So you think we should come here on Sunday and be singing what you feel? There's a way traditional song make me to dance. See, the, the, the English song, I don't like... <laughs> wait, wait, you think we're starting cultural association here? <laughs> huh? Whatever they sing, if you are grateful, you will dance. Then when you go home, if you like, go and carry your village people and sit before them, and let them be singing to you, you know, and be paying them, and be spraying them. Nobody works for you here. We are all children of God. So you don't come with an attitude like, yeah, I like this one, I don't like this one, like this one. This is not a restaurant where you pick. Whatever is served, you eat. Did I hear amen? Yeah. You are not that big. Relax. Are you hearing that? You come with dancing. You come with singing. He didn't tell us the song that David was dancing to. But you know, we know why David danced. When Michael, the daughter of Saul, spoke to David, he says, it was God who chose me in the place of your father. That's what was making David to dance, not the song. A man dances by what he remembers, not what is being played. That's why sometimes you can see some people dancing. You know that this dance and this music does not correspond. The energy from the dance is stronger than the energy of the music. But that man is remembering something that you are not remembering. Do you know that if we are in church right now, right? And you are singing a song and you are dancing and dancing. And you just remember something that is not good. What's going to happen? Hey, come and talk to me, church. Are you here? What's going to happen? You stop dancing. That means it was your mind that was controlling your steps, not the music. Because nothing happened to the music. You realize that? Nothing happened to the music. But when you remember something that was not good, you stopped dancing. So, I'll put it to you. Hmm? <laughs> I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to convince you <laughs> that dancing is not by music, but it's by mind. If you remember the goodness of God, it doesn't matter what is being sung, you will have a dance on your step. If you remember the mercies of God, if you remember the kindness of God, if you remember the provisions of God, it doesn't matter who is singing here or what they are singing, you will find a dance step to, to correspond to what you remember. If you remember that when you are traveling, the Lord saved you from accidents, it doesn't matter if they are just singing a worship song, you will start dancing. Praise the name of the Lord. 
That's why I don't believe when people say, oh, this person doesn't know how to dance. There's no clear logical definition of dance. All you need to do is just move your body in a way. If it suits you and it's comfortable with you, well, go ahead. Glory to God. The next one, then we, 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 sing, um, we, we thank the Lord with songs. Second Samuel 22, verse 1 and verse 50 to 51. David sang that to the Lord. When the children of Israel were delivered from um, the, the Red Sea, Miriam raised the song. So those, those are songs. We sing, we, we. The third one, Psalm 50, verse 14, quickly, and we'll, we'll wrap up here the next five minutes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And then we'll have a time of praises. So we'll have a time of praises so you can practice what you have been taught. Classwork. <laughs> and I'll be going around from rule to rule, checking your, your classwork. Psalm 50, verse 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Verse 22. Same Psalm 50, verse 22. Now consider this, you who forget God. You who forget God. Consider this, you who forget God. Alright? Or I'll tell you in pieces and there will be none to deliver. Verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I'll show the salvation of God. One of the, the third way we, we, we thank God is by offering a thanksgiving sacrifice. Are you following this? Financially. You see, sometimes because... Some things have been abused. We kind of shy away from them. But they are scriptural principles. God cannot lead you throughout the year. Huh? Provide for you throughout the year. And the year is ending. And you don't have a financial sacrifice to thank the Lord. It's ingratitude. Hmm? Bible says, honor the Lord. With, love the Lord with your mind, your heart, your, your soul. And your strength. The proof of your love is your giving. As you are planning, there's nothing wrong in separating a portion to say, Lord, I thank you. All the monies that God gave you this year, all you got. We're talking about your tithes, we're not talking about your offerings. We're talking about the sacrifice of thanksgiving as a thanksgiving to the Lord. It's something I've always done in my life. I've always separated something to appreciate the Lord. It's not about whether we have a thanksgiving service or not. It should be an attitude. I'm not saying you use it to buy something for the poor or use it to feed widows. Because, you know, for some of us now, it's about social applause. Go and stand in front of a bag of rice. And to you now, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking to the Lord. Are you hearing this now? Look at this. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you power to get well. He said, Lest you say, The strength of my arms have given me this well. That's your work in that company. That hard work you're putting if, you, if your brain is not functioning, your company will not employ you. It can't be your hard work alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Learn to give. Make it a practice. 
And some people say, I don't have to give. That's a lie. Throughout this year, you made your hair. Throughout this year, you bought Richard cards. Throughout this year, you ate. You did many things I don't even know with money. There's nothing wrong. Nothing out of place. In taking something financially and giving to the Lord. Praise God. Come on, I said praise God. I'm not teaching you what I haven't practiced. I've practiced this many years. I've practiced this. I've I practiced sacrificial giving all my life. All my life. I do. Never been encouraged to give to the Lord. Praise God. Thanksgiving offering. You bring that to the Lord and say, Father, thank you. Now, in Leviticus chapter... We need to read that. Leviticus 22, 29 talks about the thanksgiving offering. That you should bring a worthy offering of thanksgiving to the Lord. Second Samuel 24, 24. David said, I will offer to the Lord that which cost me nothing. Hmm? Learn it. Towards the end of the year, separate something as your thanksgiving offering and give it. You know, let me, let me say this to you and, and we'll wrap up here. Uh, let me say this. When it comes to finances, certain things have been abused in the body of Christ. We, we must not deny that. But the problem we now have is now we have people who live in negligence of those things. You see, that something was abused doesn't mean that there's a truth in it. What you do is find out the truth. Hmm? Find out the truth. You know, in those days, they'll print envelopes, Thanksgiving envelopes, Right? Yeah, but then they took that <laughs> overboard. They give to people. Even people were not coming to church. But you remember when you go to the village and all of those things, when they are having Thanksgiving, what happened? Huh? Talk to me. What happened in the village churches? Huh? To bring plantain, bring stuff. It's Thanksgiving to the Lord. So you are doing Thanksgiving now, modernized. It's not to say you are doing Thanksgiving. You now carry dancing emoji and plot all over your status. I'm happy, Lord. I'm happy. Dance, 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 dance. Bring drum, celebration, trumpet. How much was your offering? One five. Hmm? <laughs> even if you are God, do you think it's right? Let's even leave the Bible wrote it. Put yourself in the place of God. You have created all these many people. You have provided for them all through the year. Then it's now time to thank you. You now put dancing emoji on status. And one five in the offering. You, will you not react? <laughs> Is it because God needs our money? No! But it's a proof of what? Acknowledgement, of honor, of reverence. Then the last one. Psalm 50 verse 14. Ordering our lives aright. Huh? Sorry, verse 23. Verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I will show salvation. Let me say this to you. All these things I have taught does not make any meaning if you go out there and you're still living like a sinner. God is not about honoring him with your lips and your heart is far from him. God is not about honoring him with money. And your heart is far from him. The last and the final way we can give God thanks 
is by ordering our life right. Come on, church, are you here? Talk to me, are you here in church? Huh? That Jesus, you died for me, so I will live for you. That's the greatest thanksgiving. You can offer with mouth, you can dance, you can give offerings, but if you are not ordering your life aright, you haven't given thanks. The final proof of thanksgiving is a life well lived to the glory of God. That if you died for me and you forgave me my sin, then what will happen? I will live for you. That's it. So, because the Bible says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And I saw the offerings they brought to him. Like I said, go, you know, you know, sometimes we don't read, when you read the Bible, it's very funny. God says, the offerings you are giving me, say, go and give them to your governor and see if he will accept them from you. Huh? Today, maybe next year when we deal on finances, we'll talk about that. We, we almost have come to a place where we think that there's nothing like sacrificial giving in Christianity again. And that's a lie. If you read the New Testament, you observe that the givers that were referenced in the New Testament, even by the Lord Jesus, were sacrificial givers. We can't use an abuse of doctrine to live in apathy where financial giving is concerned. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Learn to respond. Learn to give. For, for, for lack of better, I'll just give you an example from our personal life and then we can pray. For many years, for many years, up until date, we get ready for December in November, Charlie, where foodstuff and things are concerned. Because one of the ways we've always honored the Lord was to give 100% of everything we earn in December to the Lord. To thank Him for the year. As a family tradition, 100%. So, this, I'm, I'm not teaching you so I can get rich. Far be it. Far be it. We'll never, we'll never have to do that. I'm teaching you how to live as a Christian. That as the year is ending, separate something as your thanksgiving offering to the Lord. Think of it. All through January and December, the Lord has provided for you. You can't be at your level. Huh? Sunday offering, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, At your level till December into the next year. And you now, if you go out now with your family and sit down, all your little daughter has to do is, I want this pizza. Say how much? Say seven five. Say give her. Then she takes one. Say does not like it. Start crying. Say I don't want the one with chicken. I want the one with vegetables. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. God has blessed us. I mean, it's okay. And then, on the go, 20,000 is gone. Hmm? No problem. It's your money. It's your life. The next Sunday, Thanksgiving in church. Ah, everything is double, double. Everything is double, double. Everything is double, double. Time to give. 1,000. Let me tell you this. And I say this with absolutely all humility before the Lord. Your giving has nothing to do with the advancement of whatever the Lord has called any man of God to do. 
it is for your good. And let me tell you this. If you stop giving and any work, so I'm not just using church, if you stop giving into the gospel and any work stops, it means from the beginning of time that man was not sent. And that call was not by God. God's work will always go forward. But we must learn the attitude of gratitude. Hallelujah. And it's never too late to start the right journey. Hallelujah. Let's let's sing. There's this song I want us to sing and then we're going to sing for like 10 minutes and then we'll receive our offerings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to sing this song. Uh, Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let, let's sing it. Let's be on our feet and sing it. We all know that song, right? Okay. How many of you know it? If you don't know it, we'll teach you. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.